You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Morning WA, this is the World Football Programme. My name is Sean Kelly and I'll be with you for the next two hours. Thanks to Frank and Jerry for a wonderful Celtic ramblings. If anyone can ramble in a Celtic way, it's those two boys. And in two hours, we'll have the jazz show on. Joining me in the studio this morning is uh, State Schoolboys, WA State Schoolboys, Schoolboys coach, Tony T.C. Campbell. Tony, how are you, mate? I'm not too bad, a little bit cooked, but uh, yeah, not too bad, not too bad considering. Yeah, a good trip away though. Uh, yeah, excellent, excellent, absolutely um, a wonderful group. Um, the last few moments uh, mentally and uh, emotionally broke me a little bit, and yeah. I think um, it'll take me a... I managed to get over games pretty quick these days, but um, I think that'll take a, a little bit. But uh, no, the, the week was exceptional. Boys were Excellent. exceptional. That's what we like to hear. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the show. Um, on today's show, we will start off with um, internet sensation and club stalwart Chris Brady. Been with Kingsley an awful long time. We'll talk to him about his journey. Um, then we're going to follow that up with Ben Smith, who is the uh, State League player but WA newspapers um, journalist and we'll talk to him about a whole range of things that have happened in football this week then we're going to talk with TC our in-studio guest about the um, state schoolboys campaign in the last week or so and probably we'll talk about the girls as well Absolutely. I imagine and then we're going to follow up with uh, Phil Kelly who is with is president of Ashfield Sports Club and he's going to be talking about the joint venture not a merger and we'll, <laughs> we'll go through the difference of that because that's created a little bit of a story. Very important Oh, look, it's, it's just an interesting thing. And, and I think we'll talk to Chris about that because it's very similar to what um, Kingsley have done as well. So that's the, the show. Anything bitten you over the week or so, um, Tony? 
Sorry, was that? Football-wise, anything you, of note for you over the week? Oh, it's, just, it's just been... The, you know what? It's well, actually... It was interesting seeing the, uh, the 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 glory. I mean, obviously, you had the whole uh, the week was focused on the nationals, but uh, yeah. just on the local news was the uh, you know the Macedonia Park rumours. I thought that I thought that was a little bit interesting. Oh, I think it's a little bit more than a rumour these days. Is this definitely Some coming? Very good sources are making those noises. I was talking to the club next um, to get Tony on the show today, um, but just due to where all of that is sitting. Um, there'll be an announcement next week, so hopefully he'll be on with uh, Hugh next week. It's like going back to the old Kangaroos days. Yeah, well, look, I think when you look at it, it makes perfect sense. Sterling owned that ground. There'll be no councils to mess around with. You just um, do what you can. And look, if I was at Sterling, whew, someone's prepared to pump some money into my ground, I'd uh, take it with both hands. And look, it's, it's, it's pretty central. Um, so, you know, it's sort of covers sort of the the far north and, and the south and the central a little bit and um and you know it's 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 just good you know keeping the sort of a local club involved you know in terms of um rather than sort of going to a an AFL venue or a cricket yeah. venue or anything like that. Oh, look, for me, there's just a few things with it. I think it's a five-minute drive from the station, so to walk, you'd have to be pretty keen. Parking and access to the ground for vehicle traffic is going to be a bit interesting. But other than that, um, what a great location. Um, and maybe there's an option for another club not too far away from them to solve some of the parking problems. Yeah, absolutely. So, it'll, yeah, look, it'll be interesting. It's, it's, it definitely, it, it sort of it shocked me when I sort of uh, read it. So, uh, yeah, no, look, if, if, it, if it gets the glory playing in a football stadium... And, and look, like for me, said, it's the invest, investment in the grounds. We'll talk a little bit later about the investments and, and political funding because I think that's an interesting talk as well. The Florida uh, when, uh, walk this morning, when, is it this morning? Ben's on, so we'll talk about that. And... Um, yeah, I think lots of things about how the game's been invested in and where the money comes from and our political clout and probably the fact that we are our own worst enemies. I think uh, other codes don't worry about us because they're pretty com- they're pretty convinced that we will chew each other up and that's what we do. And I think collectively we need to work better and smarter and we also need to work with councils. And I think you know one of the things for me is ground standards, particularly for NPL, first division, second division um, clubs, needs to be upped rather than dropped. We shouldn't be dropping it to meet the market. We should be setting a standard, which then gives you the opportunity to go go to council, go to um, you know funding agencies to get the money to make you compliant with that. And and the the teams that are in there should be given time to grow. But anyway, I digress. I'm going to go to some ads. We'll be back after these with Chris Brady. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Hi, I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. 
It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008 respectively. You're listening in to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle and we appreciate you tuning in. listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. And we're back in the room and I'll just switch over some bits and pieces here. Um, okay, joining us this morning is uh, Kingsley Stalwart and um, someone who's a high presence on the interwebs in Chris Brady. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Morning. How are we going? Good, mate. Uh, first off, congratulations. Your second division amateur side clinched the title last night. They did, and if I sound a bit hoarse and a bit rough, that's exactly why. <laughs> I thought that was normal for you, Chris, to sounding hoarse <laughs> and a bit rough, because there's been a lot of successes over there of late. We do all right, but no, the amateurs uh, went down the curtain last night. Um, they'd already won promotion, which was which is awesome. Yep. Um, but they uh, <clears throat> big crowd went down as well, down the curtain. The curtain did a great job of hosting the games last yep. night. Um and, uh, yeah, it didn't start off too well. We went 2-0 <laughs> down um, after about an hour. Uh, but we've got a pretty we've got a pretty strong amateur team, and they, they, they clicked in the gear and banged on uh, four goals in 15 minutes and ran out four three winners in the end. And, uh, yeah, the champagne's got caught. Uh, pot, <laughs> caught got popped. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot of celebration. So, yeah, big shout-out to all the Ami boys. They've had, they've had a great season, and we move up to, uh, move up to Division 1 next year. So, yeah. very exciting. No, that's that's excellent. And you know, when you say didn't start off too, I think if you're going to start off two nil down and and come back to to four three, that's what dreams are made of, mate. That's a, a perfect ending to a season. It was, uh, yeah, at the time wasn't yeah. enjoying it, <laughs> but uh, we uh, said after the game we don't we don't do things by halves. But we, uh, hey, look, we 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 gave the crowd a bit of a show <laughs> that went down the curtain last night. Fair play to curtain as well, they. They, uh, they put on a big spread after the game and uh, gave the boys a guard of honour as they came off the pitch and that. Yeah. So all classed from Curtin. So it was a, yeah, good night. And did you good give Campbell a hug? And we do it all again today. <laughs> did you give Campbell a hug? I didn't see him. I didn't see him. I had a <laughs> oh, come on, you can't miss uh, him. <laughs> uh, well, I had a theory that it was, because um, they were 2-0 up, I had a theory he was going to be lurking around the... Uh, the, the floodlight um, switch to, to flick it off um, and get, get in the wind. But, no, I didn't see him. So, uh, but, no, they, uh, no I, don't know what it, I don't know what it was up to. Maybe didn't want to see it. I think that'd be the second year in a row there's been a Kingsley side um, celebrating a league title down at Curtin. So, maybe, maybe <laughs> he, didn't want to, he didn't want to relive the moment again. But, no, uh, fair enough, no, mate. Cheers, cheers to Curtin. They, they, they looked, after, looked after us last night, which was great. Now, a few years ago, you, you got into this merger with Westside, and I've seen some things on, on the internet this week where, you know, I'm talking about proper clubs and, and then these merger clubs. And, you know, I find that a bit disrespectful because I think, you know, when you, you look at what Kingsley Westside have, have achieved and the reasons behind that, um, but also, you know, um, Karamai Shamrock are, are doing a wonderful job and, you know, it's made the, the club stronger. But the, the Kingsley West side was, to me, a perfect marriage. You had a very well-developed um, state, or at that time, um, amateur prem club with um, a good senior uh, 
backing, but the, the juniors yeah. at Westside really had nowhere to go. You went into uh, Division Two uh, State League, and it, it seemed to me like, given your location and what you both specialised in, it was a marriage made in heaven. Has it continued in that way? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, I mean, you're exactly right. We sort of, um, our amateur premier team was, was pushing for State League, Um so we started some discussions. We actually started discussions with Woodvale um, initially because Woodvale Kingsley were one club going back sort of 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they split. Woodvale weren't interested in, in coming back in with us. Um, and we'd had a couple of players come through um, the squad into the seniors from West Side. So we knew that they had a good um, they had they had a good talent pool. They had a good um, system of, um, of of you know developing. Youth players, but like you said, they had nowhere for their uh, for their third well, kids to go I, apart from into you know. If I cast social my, football. if I cast my mind back, I think Westside were like the prettiest girl at the dance. Uh, there were lots of people yeah, yeah. looking to to bring them on board, but I, I yeah. think you know a lot of it involved them losing their identity, which is something you, yeah, you seem to yeah. have protected quite well. Yeah, no, I mean, that, and that that was a real part of it. I think I think both clubs, um, <coughs> you know, you're talking clubs that are sort of you know. 20 or 30 years old so they've got you know they've got they do have a bit of history behind them um and i think that we really wanted to respect that we we are still um we're still two separate entities um even though we present as a um you know as a combined club when we um have all of our football dealings but Westside and kingsley are still a separate entities so they have separate boards so um, we, we could use the word just a joint a joint venture rather than a merger that, that well, no, it is a merger, but we do have separate committees, and then yeah. we have an overarching board that sort of guides the, um, you know, the, the long-term sort of strategic side of the club. And look, it's, it's gone from strength to strength. To be honest, I mean, the um, the, the the pipeline of kids coming through is great. Um, our, our female side has really kicked off in the last couple of years. We've got a couple mm-hmm. of um, good people in, um, in in Ali McMurdo and Vanessa O'Brien have come across to really push the female side um you know young, you know we've got under 14 girls in the in the top four cup tomorrow which yeah. is great we've got senior women's side back for the first time in about eight years um and the the senior sides from amateurs metros state league um are, are pushing on and tasting success so yeah for me it's it's working well um you yes. know there's, 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 there are challenges i mean i think the biggest challenge we've got is that we're surrounded by Junior MPL clubs, yeah, um, and, and we're not one of those. So, so Chris, <laughs> sorry. the challenge is really going to be about keeping those really talented kids at the club when the parents are probably going to want to sort of, you know, shop them around the uh, the, the, MP, the MPL clubs. Yeah. I mean, we've got probably five or six junior MPL clubs within five k's. Oh, yeah. of, of where we are. Yeah, don't, so it's, it's, don't start me or TC on that; you'll trigger us. Well, that's what I was going to. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Chris, so TC. Um, hey, morning. Good, thanks. Um, I've, I don't think we've ever really officially met, but I've uh, obviously a bit of a Facebook legend. I've seen a lot of your, you know, many of your posts. But um, just going to ask, that was one of the things. Is that things all I, I offer? Is that all I offer the world? Just a, basically, a yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you you have a presence, mate, and, and keyboard warrior doesn't come even close to where you are. Um, but <clears throat> that's what I was going to just query about with the um, retainment, because obviously not being an NPL club junior is as uh, that sort of that merger with and having the Saturday link, is that sort of help retain players coming through? Now you've now the West Side have got that sort of, uh, that pathway, direct pathway? It, look, it, it, it is helping, I think. I think it's, um, but I think parents are always going to get swayed by junior MPL, aren't they? Um, and I think that that's the challenge in, in, in convincing parents to keep the kids 
at a, you know at a more community focused um, junior club rather than rather than junior NPL. So I think over the next three to five years we'll probably have a better idea of that. We we did bring in you know very strong 18 teams over the last couple of years mm-hmm. that have come through. Um, now we've got to see you know over the next few years if that pipeline dries up and we have to and we have to change things up because uh, it's, it's a challenge. It's going to be a challenge to keep those those best young talented players. And I think yeah. I'm, I'm just a bit of a realist I about think that. We've um, got, we, what we have to do, though, as clubs that are outside of that envelope, is to dispel the myths of that product. And, yeah, and as yeah. all is as a product. And I think yeah. there are far, far better um, coaching models around. And a lot of it is around how you, you treat your members and how you treat your players. And, 100%, you know, yeah. you look at the, the under-18s uh, cup was won by June's Up United, second division club. Um, with yeah, 18, City, yeah. Uh, June City, rather, yeah, had the all those kids through their, their youth system and they've yeah, beaten yeah. NPL clubs to get there. So I think yeah, what, yeah. what you provide as a club is important. The yeah, breeding loyalty is something that, that I think a club needs to do and I think the NPL has bred disloyalty. I mean, we are just talking to TC before the show started. We haven't even finished the junior season. We've got cup finals happening, we've got top fours happening, we've got uh, presentations happening for clubs that are not in, in those and we've got NPL clubs running trials this week and yeah, last week. You know, and go, <laughs> the season hasn't even finished and we're running trials. What's that about? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, it, just, it just it just never stops, and I think, like you were saying, it just you know it just breeds a bit of disloyalty. Um, what I, I like about clubs like Westside have done this for a long time is that they've they've just run junior teams, and yep. it doesn't matter who you are, you could be the best kid in the, in the club or the worst player in the team who just loves playing football. There's a place for you, and I think that's important. We'll find a spot for you. Yeah, you know, and I think what you know. I think one of the things about what we've helped, I think, sorry, I think what both clubs have brought to the merger, we do have both have really strong club cultures. Mm. People come into our club um, and they don't, they don't leave. Yeah, you know, they come and play, come and play, and you know, and our seniors and, and the juniors, and they, they turn around and go, I, I, I just wish I'd found this club five, six years ago <laughs> that I can be part of. And, you know, really sort of feel that strong, that strong and culture. And club cultures are a big thing. You know, there's lots of people involved yeah. in, in clubs. And you look at Jason Stern uh, over at Olympic. Yeah. There's, there's lots of people oh, been I'd around rather, clubs I'd for rather, a long time. I'd rather not. I'd rather not no, no, it's not something you really want to look at. But, you know. Yeah, nah. uh, but yourself, <laughs> you, you've been at Kingsley how long? I think about eight years now. It's a fair, it's a fair run. Um, there's people been around in clubs 20-odd years. Um, you know, heart and soul of these clubs. And... I was just wondering with your merger um, or JV, whatever it is, um, has that increased your volunteer base? Uh, is, are you still reliant on the, the three or four really good people and then the rest you manage? A bit of both. Yeah. It, it, it's, no, I think like every club, um, you're, you're always going to struggle for volunteers. But what, we're able to, what we've been able to do the last couple of years is by having the kids involved, get the kids involved in match day on the State League day, yeah. uh, which means that we can then get parents involved you know, doing ground marshalling and that sort of stuff, which has worked really well because not only does it sort of um, help provide some ready-made volunteers on game day, but it just gets them involved in it. It's, you know, it gets gets the kids involved on game day, gets the parents seeing what the, um, what the what the state league setup's all about and want yeah. to be part of it. So it works works both ways. That's, that's like a that. huge it's thing, Chris, yeah. what you're saying yeah. there because one of the big, you know, any junior development, anything, any... any 
sport if you know for players to get the best it's it's not just that loyalty can be a sort of a, a miscued word but it's been a sense of belonging being part of something and i think as yeah, you said yeah. you're getting involved in the club that they feel like a family outside a family um yeah that's a huge yeah. thing you know my school academy same thing we we try and make it that family outside of a family that is something yeah. that is there something that's constant and that you feel part of and and you get the best results in in, in yeah. all aspects yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've said this before that clubs are, are the hubs of your community. Um, yeah. I know when I came out here from the UK um, with very little in the way of social infrastructure, the, the club that I joined, which was Forestfield at the time, that was my, my social um, club led me uh, lifelong friendships. It's given me uh, employment. It's given me stability. There's all these things that come from that that you, you don't have if you if you're not involved in a community club. Yeah, 100 percent right. I mean, we've 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 got guys still at the club now who basically rocked up 10, 15 years ago in their first week in the country and never left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like it just becomes their home away from home and becomes becomes their family. Um, I think the other thing with the merger as well is that, you know, let's be honest, facilities aren't, um, you know, facilities are rare as hen's teeth. So, you know, I think you've got to really operate within within your means. And by doing a merger, it meant that we could build our junior base but not be putting a extra stress on our on our facilities. But it's it not just the facilities, Chris. It's also, look, you're, you're very well versed and very well um, adept at running a senior club. Running yeah, running yeah. juniors is a bit like coaching juniors. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. specialised field. And, yeah. and the people that run those juniors know how that, works politically and physically and they and they make it happen with the right yeah. intent whereas if you've got a senior club running it it becomes something you know, we're not too good at that so we, we don't became, get good at it and that became part of it it's sort of the discussions were like you know we, we, we're good at this we're good at running the senior side of it we've been quite successful and we're retaining players you guys seem like you're pretty good at doing what you're doing that's come together but you can keep doing that and we'll keep doing this and <laughs> we'll, we'll look after each other so yeah that was a lot that was, that was a lot you know didn't want to go and start changing things and how things were running because you know it wasn't bright so don't fix no. it but uh so, yeah so far so good but the funding model also needs to be right and uh, you know look i remember when we were at Forestfield, we we actually scrubbed our state league side because what was it was doing was just dragging money out of the juniors and amateurs yeah. into yeah. that to, yeah. to pay players and it it was a, an unsuccessful model so they stopped it with the intent of getting Getting the club right and then coming back in, which they did, um, yeah. and now you look at them in the state league. They're, they're a powerhouse in the state league because of that. But yeah, uh, they've got lots of lots of great young kids coming through, haven't they? Absolutely, but but that's because they were brave enough to break the model. We'll go, no, look, we're it's yeah. costing us a fortune. Let's just reset the clock. You've got yeah. to invest yeah. in youth. You you can't invest in youth. Oh, sorry, you can't invest in the seniors at the detriment of youth. So I think yeah, you no, know. To have the two separate committees really good because then that way you've got some some balance and then when you've got the overarching um, you know uh, merged head that that is where you you do all your your fighting and arguing but it the two bodies actually run themselves. You know it means we can concentrate on doing what we're good at. So yeah. <laughs> and, and talking of, talking of infrastructure, how the works at Chichester going? Looking really good. Um, so the Bottom floor is done. The second, the roof's on yeah. uh, on the upper floor, um, and you know, from what I've been told by the city journal, up they're, they're they're fully confident it'll be ready for next season. And, um, and out on the grass, are you, are you going to have the swimming pool or not? Uh, I think that's the next. Uh, look, I'm just concentrating on getting the uh, 
get the club room built yeah. first, and then we'll, we might we might hit them up. I think they are. To, I was chatting to the mayor. He was down at one of our games um, a few weeks ago, and they are looking at doing a bit of a um, a hybrid rollout across yeah. a lot of the parks um, where they have the hybrid astro and, and grass. Um, yeah. So. Hopefully, Chichester can, uh, can be part of that program because I know what's going to happen is they're going to build this great facility. Everyone's going to want to use it 24-7 and it'll turn to crap halfway through the season. Um, so, yeah, like I said to the council this week, there's no point spending $4 million bucks on a brand new facility if, if the pitches are unplayable. Yeah, um, so to, I've rocked up there myself a few play. times and, and thought long studs or short studs and then I said, no, I'll go with the flippers. Yeah, <laughs> You're not wrong. It's it's actually looking all right this year. We moved the state league game to Hillary just for this season while the um, while the while the while the the works were ongoing. So it's it's not looking too bad, but uh, definitely needs to be managed once the facility is, is, is finished off. Absolutely. No, look, it's, it'll be great when it's done. There's lots of stuff in the, the media at, moment, at the moment about facilities, but it's yeah, good to see it. that you're engaging with your council. And, yeah, you know, we are. It, 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 look, it got pretty... It was pretty um, borderline. I mean, they weren't even going to do it last year. They went to tender. The, the price came in about a million dollars over the estimate, yeah. um, just with the way the way things are. But luckily, we've got very supportive um, mayor, very supportive ward councillors and, and local MPs. And uh, we got it over the line. We all went down to the council meeting and uh, pleaded <laughs> our case. And uh, it basically said, if, if you don't do this now, you're never going to do it. You know, it, it isn't going to get any cheaper. Um, you know, I'm a rate payer. <laughs> Check my rates up and I'll, I'll, I'll contribute my bit. But, but that's not... Um, but, but, it's not a bad thing, you know. You've got to you've got to use the ballot box. You've got to use your membership base to yeah. to get these things. And yeah, I remember again back in the days when I was in the in the committee at Forestfield, we were dealing with a football council that just didn't want to know we existed. And yeah. everyone, you know, the hockey, the rugby, the the football, all got the, the big slice of the pie. And what Forestfield have done over the last few years is really grown their relationship with the council to the point yeah, where they've yeah. now got that, that stadium and, and other upgrades happening and yeah. they're, they're getting a, a, a fair suck of the sav as they say yeah yeah no you have to you have to you have got you've got to play the game and you've got to you've got to have the relationship with these people you've got to have a good relationship with you not just the the decision makers but also your everyday people that look after all the bookings and all that sort of stuff and make sure everything's positive and the clubs are doing the right thing and they'll look after you in the uh, in the long run but uh yeah, no, it's great. It's great. To, it's great to see this sort of investment um, flying around for all the uh, facilities around, around Perth because a lot of them um, are looking pretty, <laughs> pretty sorry and sore. Oh, um, look, uh, we look at uh, Florida in the paper. You know, you, you go there and there's a, there's a facility that was built what in the seventies that looks and feels like it was, and it needs money spending on it. But yeah, you yeah. know, this, this money should be available. You look at the. The, the annual state budget, I think they, they give about 12 or 13 million to the WA Football Commission. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you look at other sports, they'll be lucky to get a million between them, and that's yeah. us, tennis, hockey, rugby. You know, yeah. but to it's be fair to, fair, to, fair to uh, football. They, they do have a act together a lot better. Of you course know, they do. In terms of their association, yeah. in terms of the how their clubs are history, run. politics. The history helps, but, yeah. you know, the. <laughs> To me in WA, we just we we all focus on our little own little own oh, backyard, and that's the, big, the biggest problem. Yeah, right, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. that sort of focus on. And look, you do have to focus, you know, on developing your club. But sometimes we sort of feels like it's one club against the other. You know, detriment of the overall game. Sometimes is that? I know. Yeah. 
but but I I was thinking, you know, it'd be great if we if we had say like and not not a big big sum, but if we had five million dollars that went into an investment fund that that um, Football West could then give to clubs as interest-free loans we pay it back to them and we and we grow that fund that way that all yeah, of the yeah. clubs would benefit we all put in for and, and look at the thing the normal things at clubs um change rooms especially change rooms for girls lights yeah. for training i mean yeah. not not stuff that's going to pay players we're talking about those little things then we, we look at the other infrastructure and as good as the upgrades to the club room are at Chichester. If you want to progress within the state league and NPL, um, you know, seating, stadiums, we, we can't expect someone to lob up to a ground to pay $10 entry when they're going to bring their own chair. You know? <laughs> that's it. No, but, but the thing is, football is an entertainment industry. And that's really yeah. what we've got to understand is this, we're not, I know we're not Manchester United or anything else, but at a very local level, we are entertaining. It doesn't matter whether it's the parents or the grandparents of the players, but we're entertaining them. And we need to be able to make it a spectator experience if we want yeah, to draw in yeah. money and sponsors. Well, that's just... Yeah, but no, that's a fair call. And you look at what look at the money that's going in the Kingsway um, yeah. over the last three or four years. And, you know, Absolutely. That's the second banana facility that they've got now. But it does so. feel sometimes like there's a lot of money put into just a few clubs and a lot of clubs are left mm. yeah. left and lurch. Yeah. Yeah. Even just my local club, Linwood, you know, we, you know, we're finally getting a little bit done. Um, but that's 30 years of the same venue with, yeah. you know, if it rains, we, we there's very little cover, yeah. very little cover. And it's, <coughs> it's sort of... And Linwood was, was, you know, was a huge junior club. And it just, again, you're just ashamed to see... Part of it being the fact of, you know, mm. that lack of support from councils, that lack of investment. That's but what I'm saying is if we, if we had a, a small fund that was managed by us, we could operate outside of council funding and at least go to council with, look, I've got X amount of dollars, I want to upgrade the lights and, you know, <clears throat> get them involved in that process and, and, and build and then... You know, we also don't have enough people. Um, I suppose the problem is we've got a lot of kids that play who don't vote. Their parents normally are a member of one of the, the other codes and not a member of our own code. But putting yeah, pressure yeah. on councils to say, well, you know, when they knock on your door and they start to, well, I'd like to see some more invest investiture in my local club, no matter what that is, whether that's tennis, rugby or soccer. We're going, you know, I'm, I'm fed up with turning up at X Reserve and there's no facilities there, nowhere for, for me to sit undercover, nowhere for my kids to get changed. And I think, yeah. you know, in this day and age, we should should have that. I think you guys nailed it before as well. We I don't think we realise what a massive collective voice the football community actually That's is. Huge. And we we we're just not we're just not <laughs> we're just not pulling in the same direction um for you know, for, for getting those sort of um initiatives underway. We're all sort of looking after our own you know, our own interests a lot of the time. Um, but, yeah, it sounds a great idea. And that's why that's why everybody doesn't worry about us because they know we're going to destroy each other. Yeah. It's Australian yeah, way. Try to get one up on each other, yeah. All right, Chris. Um, look, all the best you've got. You, you're over at UWA in, in the game. You ended up one all at Chichester. State big State League semi-final um, today at 3 o'clock. So uh, everyone get down and watch. It was a good, it was a good game on um, Tuesday or Wednesday night, uh, one all. Yeah, um, I, I, actually, I think they were both good games. I think, I think the Karma um, Swan game was good as well. Yeah, and I think the uh, I think oh, no, I think uh, I think the away goals will play an interesting role today. I think the teams that copy yeah. away goals will have to go on attack. 
Um, so yeah, it should be two interesting games. Yeah, Hopefully, everyone. Been away a week, so I've lost. I've lost track completely. What's um, going on? So in the, top the two, the two so big games in the top four. We've we've got um, UWA playing Kingsley Westside um, this afternoon for a place in in the playoff finals, and then we've got Swan over at Francis Street Reserve playing Caramar Shamrock, um, and again. Both games very, very closely um, lined up, and I think it'll be interesting. Then the winner of both those games plays off in a two-legged final next yeah, week. Yeah, for promotion. Yeah, yes. the season the season just never stops. <laughs> Absolutely, you might get one or two weeks yeah, off, and, you know, next week or something. And I imagine well, for you, the long outcome weekend is, long weekend as well next week, so uh, yeah. it's going to be a big one. Yeah. The outcome for you will be either hard work or even harder work if you get promoted. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll cross that bridge if and when I come to it, I think. <laughs> All the best, Chris. Yeah, good luck today. All right. Thanks for having us on, guys. Cheers. Have a good Cheers, one. Mate. See ya. Okay, that was Chris Brady over there at uh, Kingsley Westside um, doing well in all factors. And I think, you know, the, we talk about mergers or, or joint ventures. I think Kingsley and Westside still have their, their independent constitutions. And then the the joint venture body, which is... The overarching committee runs both the, of them. It, from what I've you know seen, looking from the outside in, it's 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 working well. You yeah, know? and I think it, I think that's a perfect example of a good merger with a junior club and a senior club just coming together. And from the obviously Phil uh, will be talking about the Ashwood. I mean that's a similar approach. It's I think clubs pooling resources. I mean if you go back, the original MPL idea was kind of like a bit like the Waffle idea where you had clubs. Um, sort of covering areas and clubs sort of looking to feed. That was kind of one of the first ideas sort of mooted. And, and it sort of, and it makes sense. You Absolutely. You've got to sort of make the game better and yeah. opportunities for players. Yeah, I look, and we'll, we'll carry on with that theme as we go through the show. We're going to a break. We'll be back very shortly with Ben Smith and we'll look at the, the week in football. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You're listening to the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoth, Pete Skeller, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Programme. You can move a mountain, you can break rocks, you can be a master, don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you can find yourself. 
Yeah, we're back in the room. We're talking earlier on about um, media and the amount of media we are getting, and some of it's good, some of it's bad, but um, been an awful lot gone on in the last week. So joining us to talk about that is Ben Smith, who is a State League player himself, but also works for WA Newspapers, so he's pretty much right up there on the media, and, and he's an absolute uh, football fanatic. So good morning, Ben. How are you? Hey, Sean. How are you doing, mate? Good, mate. Um, been quite an interesting week in football. Although all the seasons here are wrapping up and there was no football in England due to the Queen dying during the season, which I thought was an inconvenience. But, um, you know, is, there's still been a, an awful lot of news this week. Yeah, there has. It's been... Uh, yeah, you know, there's been a lot of... Uh, you know, we had the Australia Cup over the, over the past week. We've had, you know, Champions League football. Uh, still not quite... Have, still haven't quite adjusted to uh, back-to-back weeks of Champions League uh, football in the group stages. It's been, you know, that, that, that condensed schedule, I think, is going to catch a few people off guard. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, you know, um, you know, the European leagues are still going on. Uh, you know, with... You know, getting a bit closer to the A League men's season, we had A League women's fixtures uh, announced. Uh, a couple of days ago as well. Yeah, like yeah. And then last night, um, I was watching TV quite late on, and there's a bit of coverage about uh, a David Beckham who stood in line for 12 or 13 hours with the members of the general public to pay his respects to the Queen. Which I thought, from a you know a personal perspective, really humbling that he was you no know, not using his celebrity to jump the queue he's just gone in there with joe public and and done the right thing and it speaks volumes about him as a person yeah it does i mean he's all you know i it's not the first time you know david beckham has uh you know been involved with the royal family you know you know he uh and he picks up an obe like didn't he yeah yeah he did yeah it feels like we've seen a lot of uh of uh of beck involved with the royal family in some way shape or form over the past uh you know, a couple of decades. Uh, yeah, I, it's a, it's an interesting one. Uh, you know, it was, it was great. What I mean, it was very good seeing him. You know, he, he's always been a bit of a man of the people. Mm. Um, he uh, he's had. You know, I'm kind of in a way, I'm kind of not surprised. I think if there was any, ever any high-profile footballer to be standing in a queue for 12 hours with with members of the general public, it would probably be David Beckham. He does seem to be. Uh, yeah, he does seem to be uh, that, that sort of guy. Yeah, I just thought it was a good statement. And, and talking of good statements, Oakley Cannons during the week um, set an Australian record, and I think TC would be happy with this, 13-year-old goalkeeper playing oh, in the yeah, Senior League. That. Yeah, yeah, came on the last couple of minutes, I believe. Yeah, yeah so I did see a little bit of that over there. In, in and the, and then in Northern Ireland, there was also another 13-year-old who was in another cup game over there who's set the new record for UK. So 13 Senior-olds making their mark in the senior ranks. It was interesting because he, I think, the reason why he was on the bench because every goalkeeper down well, all the Italiano was the goalkeeper he replaced. WA's, but all the replacement goalkeepers were yeah. all out for, for the reserves, the 18s, yeah. the 16s, 15s, 4s yeah. were all injured, and it was just we need a goalkeeper on the bench. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, yeah, fantastic. It was, it was great to see. He was on the bench in the um, in their previous game as well. He didn't obviously didn't make it on, but. Uh, it was great to see, you know, um, I think it's Chris Taylor, the coach, uh, just kind of went, you know, hey, we're 5-2 down five minutes ago. Let's give this, uh, this keeper a, uh, a memory, you know, memory we'll never forget. It's really awesome to see. And, uh, 
you know, like Louis Italiano, of course, was the, was the first boy keeper that came off for him. He, you know, he, he seemed to be enjoying the moment as well. So, yeah, three three uh, times yeah. the young boy's age, though. I mean, thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gee, that's a uh, that, that's a, that's how you feel old, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, he still probably uh, he still probably feels like he's like, maybe got a few years left. He's you know, obviously playing in an Australia Cup semi-final, and he's just been replaced with someone 26 years uh, his junior. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry about goalkeepers who think they can just keep playing and playing. It's like the Peter Shilton effect. off was 50, wasn't he? You know, you know, Shilton was in his 40s at the World Cup. Yeah, um, yeah, and you, you go back even further um, with uh, the former England goalkeeper who was playing with one eye into his 50s. Ah, Gordon. Gordon Banks. Gordon Banks yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. played in America until he was 50 he did with indeed, one yes. eye. <laughs> they, do, they do seem to think yeah. they've got this sort of uh, eternal eternal ability to keep on playing. Yeah. Um, when we're talking about the, uh, the, uh, the world game, I think um, Australia's under-20s look like forfeiting a game because they, they weren't prepared to go to Iraq due to the safety concerns. Um, that decision's been rescinded. I think that's huge. They haven't actually announced where the game will be, but um, they're now saying that, the game will be moved from Iraq, so Australians under twenty side are back in that their World Cup qualifier. Yeah, yeah, that was great to see. Uh, I know Football Australia were not happy uh, with the decision. Uh, you know that they that the under twenty side were being um, kicked out. So you know it was obviously very good news um, for them to to get that chance to be reinstated. And you know after the last couple of years where COVID has just completely ruined international youth football for, you know, Australians. You know, there's a whole, you know, two or three years worth of talented Australians uh, who aren't getting that vital overseas, that vital international exposure because of, you know, the borders and, you know, the pandemic. So it's great to see that, you know, this looked like it was going to be another, you know, another delay for, you know, some really talented kids to get a chance on the world stage. But, uh, yeah, I'm very glad... That they've been, uh, you know, that a compromise has been reached and they'll be allowed to play. Because from a youth development standpoint, you know, the last two, three years have basically been a bit of a throwaway in terms of you know international youth representatives. That will have a big, that will have a big impact. That two years, you know, just not, you know, there'll be that little generation that just hasn't had that exposure going out there. I think, you know, I think don't think people understand how much of an impact that's going to have in the in the coming years for you know that Australian team. That'll be a massive two years. It's obviously affected it other is, countries, yeah. but I think Australia being so isolated and having the border shut for so long, I think it, it's and not getting out there. I think it's definitely there's definitely going to be, you know, a, a few issues in the future with that with that little age group coming through. Absolutely, and Tony, you're involved in youth development football at some uh, some level, aren't you? Uh, pretty much, I'd say that's most of my life. These <laughs> yeah. days. It's just just a little bit, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty passionate about it. It's um, it's something that. Um, uh, you know, I, I get frustrated a bit, and uh, I know when we'll probably talk about the the nationals. I try and keep it on a positive, and not sort of uh, get drawn too much into into sort of uh, the areas that we need to look at. But I think that that does need to be addressed. But yeah, it's you look the youth development side is to me, it's 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 so vital, and um, we do have look, we do have some very very good talented youngsters. But I just think. You know, especially just being over over east, and actually, I'm sure we'll talk about mm. it later. But just looking at what the other yeah. states are doing, especially New South Wales, and don't get me wrong, I really dislike New South Wales. Um, <laughs> but 
but um, they they've got all you know all their sort of ducks in a row. They're, yeah. they're, they've 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 got it you know. And when when you speak to them, but then even Queensland, you know Victoria, we, we, you know we're we're behind. We are behind. Oh, yeah, over definitely, here. we are behind. Um, now we talk about Australian players who are now all jostling for places in the the squad for the World Cup. Um, two big signings during the week: uh, Tommy Rogic to West Brom. And Amini, who has been linked with the glory at some stage, is now going to play his trade at Middlesbrough. Your thoughts on those two signings? Uh, you mean uh, Massimo Luongo? Oh, sorry, Luongo. Yes, it wasn't Amini, was it? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's. Um, I think they're good moves. I think we the soccer is a really missed a player like Luongo. Uh, you know, he's so. Um, you know. We, when you think of Asmo Longo in a Socceroos jersey, you think yeah. of that 2015 Asian Cup when he was the best player of the tournament. When he was, you know, he won player of the tournament. He won. Uh, he was he was shortlisted on the Ballon d'Or uh, shortlist because yeah. of his performance at that yeah, tournament. It was, um, was exceptional. And I, I've always been a big admirer of him. It's just uh, he's one of those players. Australia seems to have a lot of these players. They have gone overseas and it just hasn't quite. Worked out for them. I think there's an like I kind of say it with Danny De Silva. There's an alternate timeline where Danny De Silva is playing in Europe week yep. in week out, rather than in the A League men's. Um, and I think there's an alternate uh, timeline where Massimo Longo is, you know, playing, uh, you know, for a for a solid side in a top league in Europe. Um, unfortunately, just hasn't worked out for him. Uh, you know, every time I watch him, I see, you know, you see, you know, that ability to create from from you know from a from midfield that you know he's not. He maybe maybe isn't like a classical ten in the way Tom Rogic is, but his ability to you know to dribble, you know, to beat people in the middle of the park, um, you know, his ability to progress the ball is, is something I really like. And uh, obviously mentioned, mentioned Tom Rogic there, and I think considering he was linked with uh, I think the Indonesian league and um, and you know the Emirates league, yeah. I think it's, you know him going to West Brom, a pretty solid uh, championship side, uh, is good for. It's good for him. I think you know maybe it would have been better had he stayed at Celtic under under Ange. But uh, you know West Brom isn't you know worst move in the world. Um, I, he, I think he is one of the soccerers who could be incredibly important come the Qatar World Cup. But is he uh, going, is he going to breach those trust issues he has, with, particularly with the Australian coach, because he's turned his back on the national side a couple of times? Yeah, and look, there was some. Um, yeah, it did feel like Mogic had a move lined up a while ago and then something fell through because um, he kind of went off the radar a bit and, you know, he, he withdrew from the last uh, squad for personal reasons. Uh, you know, he hasn't spoken about those personal reasons, uh, what they were. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll take him at his word, you know, that they were personal, that they were really personal reasons that it wasn't, you know, a transfer Issue uh, mm. you know, until until he comes out and says otherwise. Um, um, I think Graham Arnold has, I believe Graham Arnold may have said that he would have, uh, you know, he will, would welcome back Tom Rogic with uh, with uh, open arms should he be, uh, you know, should he be available. Yeah, um, yeah I, it's, he's a very interesting case, Tom Rogic. Competition, way, but, competition know, for places is what breeds the a better team. So I think you know having Rogic throw his hand up is really good for yeah. for everyone else because uh, you can't be complacent with someone of that quality. Going, yeah, I'm interested. He, yeah, exactly. He's a you know phenomenal player. Um, you know, we that I think back to that Vietnam game where you know it was only Australia beat Vietnam. I think it was 
four 0 and yeah. you know I know it was ultimately Vietnam, but Rogic was just that first half. He was by far the best player on the pitch. And, yeah. You know, we've seen what he can do. You know, for Celtic, I maybe I maybe feel like he hasn't been best utilised for the Socceroos. I think we're, you know, as you know, maybe he's been a bit disappointed for the Socceroos, but maybe he hasn't also been used in you know in the most optimal of circumstances for the national team. Yeah, so, it's the it's the um, curse, curse of a versatile player. Um, look, yeah. I've got to I've got to um, move on to my next guest. So um we could talk all the whole program about what's happening in football ben it's just good to get you back in and involved in the show really appreciate your time mate no worries cheers cheers sean and cheers tc thanks see ya yeah ben smith um opinion on everything and it's good that he can he just free rolls and talks about anything well, so. covers covers not you know so the local australia uh, got great or, knowledge you know, this, yeah it's good to have that bit of knowledge coming in absolutely now my next guest is actually utc you beat you spent the last week in canberra with new south wales oh, new south wales sorry was better, was canberra, yeah. Yeah. slightly better than canberra <laughs> yeah no much much better than canberra but new south wales so um we've been experienced for the boys but um state school boys you have to be a registered student yep high schools or uh, well, sixteen. It used to be nine. Uh, used to be nineteen. So yeah, it used to, it could be TAFE, but it, they moved it a few years ago to sixteens because it just followed in the pathway um, with the other with the other state teams. So thirteens, fourteens, fifteens. So they they moved that down to six, which it did make sense. Mm-hmm. And, and also in terms of a selection process, when you get to eighteen, nineteen, you're kind of already yeah. You're already there, and it's very hard absolutely to, to get noticed. So a lot of these boys are playing MPL, or are they playing state league 18s, or okay. Uh, <laughs> see, this is um, this is what I had a chat with the boys about. Um, a lot of our boys were playing, um, were playing 16s, under 16s MPL, and um, I was a little bit surprised at that because uh, look, we had a, we had a very good team, uh, you know, and look character wise. Football-wise, they're good players and they're a great bunch of lads. They really, really were. Um, but I just, we were just noticing myself, Alan, Tony. I have to big, big shout out by the way to Alan Galich and Tony, yeah. um, Ton, because they were my physio and my manager. They were exceptional. I think yeah. they really made a great, great group. I have to say that now in case I forget, because I'm quite, <laughs> quite good at forgetting things like that. Yeah. But um, I was a little bit, yeah. When we were playing the games and the trials and so on, little things because we played against 18s and um, technically. Our 16 side was was better, and if you ask any of the coaches, um, we were technically better. But um, just in terms of, and it's not about results in the trials; it's about getting mad. But there was little things that were basically what the classic line schoolboy schoolboy errors. Yeah. And um, and when we when we go over there, I mean, I'll go with the top. You look at New South Wales, six Joeys in the side. You know, every single one of their players is playing 18s MPL, if not wow. reserves, and some of them been on the bench for first team MPL. Yeah. Now we're talking New South Wales MPL. Yes. Proper. Yeah. This is this is these are teams that are beating A League teams. Yeah. In the cup type thing. Yeah. That's the level, and and we have you know under 16s playing, and and these players are more than capable of playing 18s, if not some of them reserves. Yeah. Absolutely. They're they're good players, and and I even said to them at the end, you know, if I do get back into senior football, um. I'm keeping hold of your number and I'll be tapping you <laughs> tapping you up because they're great players and I can see they're going to develop into great players. Mm. So I think that's one of the, the biggest issues to me was just good players but and, and they showed so many great moments, not just little moments but spells and that, that they were competitive. It just as competitive and just in there and um, 
But then there were those moments where it was just really, really obvious errors. But is that because they've not been playing at that level and not having to stay Absolutely. switched on? I mean, I go back to my own club. We, we've had 15, 16-year-olds playing first team. And, yeah, they, they do that. They make the schoolboy errors. But in the, in the first year, you get that. The second year, they're much better. And by the time they're 17 or 18, they're actually very accomplished players playing first team football. Um, there seems to be a lot of pressure, or not pressure, but a reluctance to do that in the, the higher divisions, um, State League One and definitely NPL. You don't see an awful lot of 16-year-olds breaking through in the first team. No, and yeah, I hate, hate to do the whole thing back in my day, but I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> I'm not, that's not necessarily me as a player, but uh, players that I played with who... Um, we're playing six, you know, as sixteen-year-olds playing in first, and not just. And we're not talking in the Premier League. So sometimes just first division or second division. Yeah. And I think the, the biggest issue I think there is is this. Um, I'm not going to get into the NPL debate, but no. I will say there's this push that you have to play NPL and mm. and sixteens. Now, sixteens. No one plays sixteens. If you're a good player, you're in eighteens. Yes. You know, you're, you're pushed 18s. And these players are good players. Like yeah. I said. But, but a, a top quality 16 year old should be playing 18 NPL. At least. Yeah. And, or 18 first division, second division. Yeah. Just because of the physicality, playing against players up. up and, and, and 18s is, is more men's football. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, there's this just view that you have to play there. And a lot of players feel that, they, that that's where they should be. And, and with especially the 16s, you've already got a lot of good players who have left already. Yes. So the 16s competition is not as strong as the 15s. Yeah. Because the 15s are still all their players there. Yeah. And so it's already a diluted competition. And, and essentially, a lot of our boys were getting away with um, things that they, that they couldn't get. It. And there's, oh, actually, I'm going to use one of uh, uh, Taylor. Taylor, um, he was a midfielder. And in the trials, he was taking six, seven touches yes. in midfield. Great player, smooth on the ball. And he struggled in the first game over there. And we really emphasised what we wanted to do and, and the, the minimum touches and so forth. And he grew as a competition went. Like he, he had an exceptional game against uh, Victoria, played exceptionally well in the, in, in, in the South Australia game. And um, it was just getting that message, you know, that what you were doing in your, in your, in, in your, your sort of younger, t- in your teams over here, even if it was even just 16s, if, um, even in 18s to a degree, once you get to that next level, you just don't have that time. And, and the biggest positive for me was seeing the likes of Taylor and the other players progress and just learning from their mistakes and, and during the week. Because sometimes you get players who just, they have a bad game and then it compounds it and, it, and they don't, they don't, they just yeah. get worse because it just gets into them. Um, but, that didn't happen. And that, again, highlights to me that these boys, they're, they're good players. They're really, really good players. And, um, and these mistakes and these errors, um, I'm hoping that they'll reflect on them and they'll take it away and they'll yep. become better when, when, they, um, when they go back. But most importantly, don't settle. Push yourself to the highest level now. Now is the time. 16 to 20, you have to be pushing. Yes, now, I suppose the thing is, I was going to ask how we compared, but when you're saying we've got 16s playing against 18s, that, that adds a layer of, of complexity. But from what I'm hearing from the results, and you did a great job of sending you know, little messages back about what was going on, um, we actually held our own, more than held our own. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a roller coaster a little bit. Um, uh, you, the first three games, 
um, pretty much killed us for the rest of the week. Um, I tried. I thought I'd go going before go a little bit defensive. Invented this new formation called the umbrella, which. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it didn't work. Um, it has worked for me before, but it didn't work quite well there. Um, and probably possibly because we just didn't have the time to, to work on it as much as it would if it was a club. But um, we went to a little bit more of a, of a standard formation, for example, against ACT, and, um, and just played a little bit more freedom in attack. And um, they just went with it. And um, it was some of the football they played was in the ACT game. You know, they were down 1-0, yeah. 1-1, then 2-1 straight after the break. After, after we changed the formation, and then bang 2-2, and then 3-2 up. And again, just little errors with five, ten minutes ago. Just game management. That's the key. That's the phrase. Game management that, you know, you do get as you get older, but the more you can get exposed to it, that's what costs us the points against, the four points against ACT. Um, and uh, again, against Victoria, um, you know, 3-1 down at one point, came back to 3-3. And again, some exhilarating stuff. Some yeah. really good football. And then we went to South Australia, and I'm look. <clears throat> I haven't seen <clears throat> football, <clears throat> sorry, like this to me since um, uh, the Invincibles Arsenal yeah. or, or Kevin Keegan's Entertainers. Wow! Because it was, uh, um, it was just exhilarating the way they attacked. And South Australia weren't the strongest side, but uh, you know they were still good players, and they did make a lot of mistakes. But it was just the movement, the passing. It was just, as soon as we got it, it was, we're going forward. And we're going forward with numbers. I mean, we saw it, scored two goals with a counter-attack just inside our own half. And uh, the guy scored, finished up. He started off one of the moves. But <clears throat> just that 50, 60-meter run, sprinting in the box to get on the end of it um, and, and put it away, just a little tap-in. Um, just goals like that. And, I mean, South Australia... To be fair, to be fair, it should have been at least six, and it yeah. could have been on another day, ten. It was, and it, again, nothing. South Australia weren't great; weren't the best side, but they were decent. It was just, honest, honestly, I've, I, it, I felt, it, I felt alive. And yeah. this is, you know, after a, a tough game against, you know, the last exciting sort of but on edge games before, it, it just absolutely lifted everyone. And um, but unfortunately. You met New South Wales. Well, we met Queensland. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and that was, we needed to win that one to yeah. get us a chance. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I think cooked was the word. Um, it just, I think the our attack is just three games of high press, high intense play. Yep. Just kind of took it out of them a little bit. Yeah. Um, and Queensland were a very good outfit. So we lost that one 3-1. And then, um, of course, the last, the last game, um, which was tough. Which is very very tough. But you're talking about playing with you know against a team that's got six <coughs> national league players in it. You oh sorry six national, national players. Then you, the rest of the teams playing in the NPL New South Wales, which at, in itself is a very strong competition. At varying levels, 18s was yeah, but you know, every level 18s up, and some of those boys would have been playing reserve football. At 18, you would, you would hope that the better ones were playing reserve first team. So, and it, and it was an interesting scenario. So, if we had won one nil, which was yeah, which is always going to be tough. You know, I already had sort of three players nursing injuries who were yeah. playing. Had one who was who was definitely out. That's an excuse. This just happens in yeah. team of football. Every all the teams are like this. Yes, but when you're playing in New South Wales, you need to be full strength. Yeah, and um, so the win was always going to be tough. But you see what you can do. Um, but Victoria, although I'm not a huge fan of Victoria either, but, <laughs> but you know, New South Wales not winning on the home turf, yeah, that would have been huge. Yes, and it was it was us that, that could have stopped them. So they needed to get six goals to to tie it all up with Victoria and seven to put them over. Yeah, and um, and uh, so we knew what we had to do, and um, 
yeah, the, the New South Wales knew that they had the Bengals in <clears throat> the whole week. They were the better team. They, yeah. they were the better team. But they just, they just weren't finishing their chances. And I just had this feeling. They were going to come good. It's just going to, especially when they had to. Yeah. And look, I would say it was 70, 80% them just being awesome. Yeah. Um, and 20% us. And not just players, me as well. Yeah. I look back and, and I think, could have done this, should have done this. And maybe the formation for, yeah, as you do, you yeah. know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not. It's, it's as Monday morning. Monday morning quarterbacks are always the best. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah. we know we started. Look, it was two 0 at half time. A silly penalty in the first three minutes, which doesn't help. Yeah. Um, but we're holding on. We're, we're holding them back, and we're, you know everyone is supporting WA at this point. Yeah. But you get the second half and, and a few little ties, and when you're defending a lot, that's more tiring than attacking, and you've yeah. got the momentum. And um, and you know um, the referee didn't impact, but little things like. You know, Dan, uh, our left back, had um, got a blood nose. I was making a sub, and the referee told him to get off the park without yeah. telling me. So within the 30 seconds, I'm wondering why my player's on the sideline, not allowed to be on, until the linesman said, oh, he's got a blood nose. Well, it would be nice nice to be told about this. So two minutes we had to play with 10 men while, <laughs> while they are absolutely throwing everything at us. So it was little things like this, you know, four minutes of injury time. Look, again, no excuses. It just, you know when things aren't yeah. going your way? They don't go your way. No, and, they don't. And it was really, really hard because they scored in the last last kick. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the referee had his whistle in his mouth, ready to blow, and then he, and he, he let, let it go play a bit go, longer. Yeah. He let it go a bit longer, and then we cleared it. He let it go a bit longer all the time, and then bang in goal, blew the whistle. That was it. Yeah. And it was, it was a bit of anger from me because it was just we, it was just, it was we could have dealt with it a little bit better. But yeah, I was uh, to me, yeah, that was I was just broken because yeah. we talked about. But but overall, from what you're saying, 16-year-olds playing 18s did extremely well and you know, did did the state proud. Oh, look, like I said, they're playing against they're playing against players, you know, same age, but playing at that high level. And it was it was just it was just it was a nice feeling to finish on that note. And, I know, and especially they did put a shift in. Everyone thinks yeah. they got seven, and they really they threw everything at it. They yeah. just it was just you know maybe it was played them on Monday, different story. But um, but overall the week. Look, you know, great bunch of boys. Yeah, um, good football. And, and whilst we we've got you, the the facilities. What what were they like? Yeah, look, it, it was really good. And um, they had the two astroturfs. They had this sort of split stadium, so you could sort of just go between the two. They had another um, pitch. Uh, um, for some reason, Melbourne City were down training. I'm not too okay. sure. I don't know if they, if they must have a friendly, but they were there for pretty much all week on the yeah. grass pitch, which was sort of hollow ground. We weren't allowed to use that. Yeah. Um, and they had these pitches at the back, um, had eight change rooms, had a pool, had a, a full-size futsal centre next to it um, with a cafe and, and, um, and they had all their offices like two levels above it all. Yeah. Um, it, was, yeah it was an impressive, it was a very impressive um, centre, very mm. impressive. And it was, it was a nice place to play, absolutely. Um, and uh, again, a, a good experience for the boys, just for that you know when they rocked up they went oh you know but the thing is when you think about it, you played New South Wales we said we've got um, you know half a dozen guys who are playing for the national team um, the boys that played against them would, would have gained some confidence in where ah. they they stood they're, they're not dummies they they would go I'm I'm as good as and if they weren't go I'm not that much worse than him I, I with a bit of work in two years I could be better than that well look that that's we talk about <clears throat> what does success mean? If if we were to do success based on not winning the gold medal, then we're failures. Yeah, completely all the way through. To win the gold medal is a dream. It's not a goal. 
it's a dream. But you go to that tournament, and if you come out of that tournament as a better player or with a new vigour and a new plan, then that's, I think, sometimes better than winning the gold. Well, it's, it's, it's the... Well, absolutely. Yeah. The, the goals... A medal is, a medal is wonderful, hmm. but, you know, going there is to say, right, just to compete, first of all. Yeah. You know, um, to compete against best players, I, you know, and I'll talk about that in a second, about the, the best players from over there. Yeah. Um, and and see, see where you're at and just get that exposure. And... But as I said, it's really I really highlight because you do see players get down upon themselves when they're not playing well. Yeah, and it's like no, no, look, come back out. We go again next day. Each day's a different day. Yep. And the very least, I think, and these boys will. They were quite reflective. I learned a lot about themselves. And I said, if you can come away and pick up these little, you know, what 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 what, what did what did you struggle at? What did these players do better than you? What you know? But but also go. You know what? He plays for the Joey's on the left wing, and I, 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 for ninety percent of the game, I kept him at bay. Yeah. So you know what? I'm on the right path, but but the times you got past, well, I've got to work on this. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So yeah, yeah. if they, and they will, because I said, I think that you know, I, I would say, if not all, the majority will go back and go right. I need to do this. And just speaking to the captain on the plane, who's sitting next to me on the plane back, and he, he said, you know, I'm not. I need to be better. I need to be better. You know, and we had a little chat about. But I suppose the question is for them: What is better? Is are they looking to stay within the MPL, MPL structure? Are they looking to step out of that and go into, say, the first division or second division reserves or eighteens, uh, depending on where they are physically? Well, we had a t- <clears throat> I had a chat with them at the end and just said, "Look, you boys have to push yourselves now. You know, if you're going to get better, you, you can't be resting laurels. You can't be a mistake player. Or you know, I had a really good season. And this is, I think." This is, I think, the problem we have. When we did the trial, look, are there potentially better players out there and their age group? Yes, probably yeah. is. Um, in hindsight, you know, do I wish I'd pick someone else and say, no. The boys I took... Wanted good to players. be there. They wanted to be there. Yeah. They, they, and they're good players. Yeah. They're good players. They are good players. And, um, and, and, they're, and they're wonderful human beings. Yeah. Like, they were such a good group. Such a good group. And, and, and they'll come back and reflect. But it's... They need they need that step up. They yes. need step up, and a lot of them are playing in in very very good sides. And I think one of the biggest things that they need to learn is that game management. I don't think many of them had that exposure of backs against the wall a little bit. They've all played competitive games and yeah. they've lost games and things, you know. And, and, and a lot of them are in academy soccer academies, so they, again they they would most games they would have been the better team. Yeah. Um, but you know we we had a lot of midfielders who were very good ball players, but we didn't have. We didn't have a Gattuso. No. And, 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 and that probably, you know what, probably we could have done with The thing is, uh, you look at that. young players. My, my youngest was playing seniors at 14 in, in Albany. But when he came up here as a 16-year-old, was playing in the Div 1, which was at that time the top league. Um, but at 16, he'd already had two years of exposure of playing against grown mm. men. You know, when, when someone gave him a hard time there, he's going, the last player to do that to me, had, drove a car and had three yeah. kids, you know. Um, and it's just that, that confidence that you get from knowing that you can mix it and match it with, with uh, look, adults. And the, the physical pressure is, is not that difficult. Of course. To and look, with. And look the, the, these players are not necessarily going to be playing in that sort of holding defensive midfield yeah. role. You know, that, that's, that's not what I'm saying. And, you know, and that maybe part of the selection is, is trying to make sure we find someone like yeah. that. Um, but at the same time, would I replace anyone that I had this trip? Absolutely not. No. Um, no, no. Absolutely not. Um, 
but it's it's but at the same time it's then adapting to when you are under the cosh but they've got to expose themselves to pressures that they won't find yeah. playing against other 16 year olds yeah. or next year against other 18 year olds yeah. whilst they playing against an 18 year old next year may expose them to a little bit more if they're able to play reserve team football then they're they're playing against seasoned players who've got time management in a game. They know how to play a game. They, you learn some of those darker arts that happen. Oh, you you yeah. have to. You have yeah. to. And, and when to do it, when not to. And, and, and again, fair to play, play the boys, they were getting better at it. Yeah. The last game, New South Wales, a couple of points where they, they, they didn't. But, again, they're tired. They're knackered. They're, they're, yeah. they're on, they're, 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 there's, no, there's no gas left in the cylinder, you All know. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll continue this as we go through the show. I've just got to go to an ad break now and get um, Milo... Uh, what's his surname? Vlasalika um, from Sydney United. So we'll we'll try him, and if he's not available, then we'll see what happens. But this is live live radio, so we'll be back after this break. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation, and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. The World Football Programme is a community programme run by volunteers. Just like our host station, Radio Fremantle, applies for government grants and sponsorships from year to year to keep us on air. Your support by way of station membership or donation is greatly valued. Contact Radio Fremantle weekdays 94942100 for information on how to become a member or to donate to the station. Thanks for your support. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM OK, that's um, us back in the room. Now we're talking about the, um, the competition for... Uh, schoolboys over in New South Wales. We're now talking to another very successful New South Wales entity in Sydney United 58 and, and their coach Miro Vlasleka Vasilika, no, I'm not used to these names. My That's Irish a terrible effort. Get, it's awful, yeah. Look, sorry, Miro, about butching your surname, but I'm, exci- <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you because um, a fantastic result. You're in the final of the FFA, FF, oh, sorry, the FA Cup final, the, the first non-A-League team to do so. You, you're history makers. You're going to be the poster boys for the FA Cup dream for the next 10 or 20 years. How does it feel? Oh, look, it, it's, it's a massive achievement for the, the team and, 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 and the club. Um, like you just mentioned, like, yeah, the club's got a lot of, a lot of history, um, created a lot of history yep. in the past, and, and this is just adding to that history. Um, so, yeah, everyone, everyone in Sydney is just proud of, of what you know, the community and the club has achieved. But it's so much bigger than that. It's not just the club. It's the New South Wales MPL. And, you know, you've got there rather than the Victorian one is great. Um, but nationally, for, for any of the national MPL teams, it tells them that they can do this. Um, sends a huge message out across to the A-League teams. Don't be complacent. We're, we are good teams capable of beating you on your day. I mean, the, the Brisbane side, Charlie Austin, he's been up there and he's played for Liverpool, you know. You're going to... Yeah, yeah. It must be massive for for the guys to if, when you start to realise what this means for grassroots football. 
Oh, look, it is. It is. And, and, and it shows that, you know, you know, players and teams back in, in the NPL, that they're not that far off. Um, you know, put, put some of these boys in a full-time environment like what they get in the A-League and they're up there. They, yeah. they can do the job. And um, there's, there's not only us, there's, there's other teams. Like, you look at the teams we, we had to play to get here. Like, even, even the last uh, game we played up in Brisbane with Peninsula. Yeah. You know, they, they were nearly there as well. So, but the, gap's, the gap's getting smaller every year so um, yeah I think given the opportunity I think a lot of these teams and players can definitely step up but what what is the what is the one percenter in your side? I mean, look, you look at the, the New South Wales uh, New South Wales NPL. You've you've finished eighth in that league, um, Sydney Olympic top, which obviously was great with you. But um, you know, you you've just managed to find that little bit of magic. You find the the one percenters that that make you a really good cup side. And you've you know you're sitting there. You're in the final on October the first against um, Macarthur. That's just phenomenal. Oh, look, it, it is like, you know, I, I come into the, the team halfway through the year um, and, yeah, like the team wasn't doing very well at that point. Um, you know, expectations are always high at Sydney United. Um, and, yeah, like we we're managing a few boys back from injury and, um, you know, trying to just, I was just trying to change, change things with the team. Um, and then it just comes to a point where we had to start making decisions. Like, do we... Do we try and focus on 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 both our like our season and and the cup because we're still in the cup, um, and we sort of started to to like we we saw that the the gap was getting a little bit bigger. We weren't that far off in the end, um, making semis in the MPL, but we said, all right, we'll, we'll start preparing these players for the cup run, and that's what we did. We we started to focus like a lot more on the cup. Um, rather than the season, because we thought it was going to run away from us, which it did yep. in the end, um, but not by much. Um, we were very tight, like just missing out on the semis. But look, in hindsight now, we we made the right call. Um, and it, it, but like I said, it's only good for us. It's, it's good for everyone, everyone outside of the A-League. Look, from the moment the FA came up with the, the FA Cup, what they wanted was to to build the, the mystique and the mystery very much like the English FA Cup, that, you know, teams can, can live on a dream. And we look at the old days of Wimbledon and the crazy gang that did extremely well in, in the, that FA Cup. Um, your team right. will, will be remembered in that same way for the next 10 years. You're going to feature in promos for the, for the next 10 years about this This is the achievable dream. Yeah, look, it, it is. And, and it, it, it's a competition that I don't think any other code in this country does what we do. Like... You know, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You can dream to achieve to, to, to get to a final one day. Um, and, yeah, the, this group of boys and, and, and the team, it, it, they've done that. They've, like, they're still pinching themselves this week. Like, yeah. It's just amazing. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. I, you, know, you go through your squad, I, I see a, there's a few guys there that have played for um, Western Sydney and other clubs within the, the A-League, um, but none of them are household names. None of them are... are Stars, and then you look at the the Brisbane side. They've got seasoned professionals, and then they brought in people like Charlie Austin, who played there in, in yeah. the highest leagues. Um, you know, played for their country. Um, you know, 
the, the pedigree is there. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like for a young boy to be marking someone, look up and see Charlie Austin's there, and, and now I've got to beat him. It's great. That's oh, great exposure. Oh, it, it is. It, it is. It, it's massive. It's, it's what these kids dream of, like one day to, to be playing with, you know, a, a, a player like Charlie that's come, you know, played in the EPL and um, been overseas and... And then again, you know, having to play against them as well. Like, it's what you want to do. You always want to test yourself and, and, and push yourself against, the, you know, this type of player. I think it's and, better. And, you know, a club, yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's better. Do you think it's better sometimes when you're playing against them? Uh, to me, you know, it's great when you play with them. Yeah. But as a player, when you're coming across someone who's playing Oh, yeah. No, I've always wanted to play against someone always, like that. When you're playing yeah. against them. I don't know. I think that's always got the little edge. Yeah, you you, you grow an extra leg. You 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 grow another foot taller, and and you know it's uh, look. But the, your players, they, they are living the dream. Oh, look, they, they were loving it. Like you know, there was a bit of banter on the park amongst them, and you know, Charlie was having a bit of a joke with them. And then I think he, he scored that penalty um, and and said something to the keeper where they both played together at Burnley at one stage. <laughs> um, so like it's quality. It's it's just. It is. It's, it's unbelievable for the group of boys, like what what they're getting to do now. So I suppose from a coach's perspective, now you've you've got between now and October the first to to put a lid yeah. on some of that and, and then get back to the, the business of of actually winning the cup. I mean, there's there's only two teams in in the country now that can win that cup, and I imagine yeah. that for for the dream and for everybody else who backs the underdog, you are the the team we're all going to follow and and barrack for. Yeah. But you know you've got to you've got to put a lid on that excitement for the players. You've got to get them focused on doing their task. Yeah, look, um, like you know, as I said, like earlier, like this week they've come in and and, and they're still pinching themselves. But you know they they, they put in a, a big shift on the weekend, and this week was just you know get the legs going again trying to get them refocused. Um, you know, we've given them the weekend off. Yeah. Um, but come, come, you know, Monday this week coming, it's, it's, it's back to business and business as usual. And, and they understand that. How does that, um, how does that impact in terms of your season? Because obviously the, when I was over there, the, well, I know the 18s and so on, were just wrapping up games on that last, on that first weekend we were there for the Nationals. Mm. Um, so, yeah, well, it's what, about four weeks, five weeks, four, yeah. five weeks before the final. So how? Because that's you know you played your season. That's that's yeah. you know, and I know as a coach, you know, you got you got players at the end, you know, who are just just getting over the line to finish the season. Um, that's right. You, what what what's your preparation? I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of an unfair advantage. To be fair, you're sort of coming at the tail end while these A League clubs are sort of you know just basically hitting the straps now. Yeah, and I think yeah, that, look, that's not that's not an unfair advantage. I think it's a great leveller. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's it, it, it's a challenge. Like, you know, they've had a long year and, and it wasn't, the, you know, it wasn't the best year, but I think the fact that we're on, you know, we're still on that cup run, um, so there was something there to aim for. Um, but, yeah, like, a lot of them were tired. It, 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 there's no denying that. And, so, so how's your management over the next few weeks? Sorry? How is your management going to do over the next few weeks, you know, after that sort of postseason incident? But it's not postseason. It's kind of, you know, that sort of period where you're not actually playing any games while you're waiting for that, fi- you know, final. How's, 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 how's that? How, what's your sort of plans for that management? As, as, as a fellow coach, I'm really interested yeah. in, in sort of how you're doing it. Yeah. Look, we're, we're keeping them as fresh as we can, but we're, gonna, we're still playing games. We're going to, like, obviously, I've given them this, this weekend off, but next weekend we're going to, we're definitely playing a, a, a game. Um, who it is at this stage, we haven't confirmed. Um, we're hoping that it is another A-League team. 
Um, and then probably through the week, they'll probably have another in-house game as well, um, just, to, just to get them going again. Um, but look, it, it, it's about keeping them fresh, keeping their minds fresh. Um, you know, physically, I think they're all in, in good condition, but it's just, it's just the mental side now um, that, that, you know, that's where we want to keep them fresh. It's, it's, and you don't want them, and, them to be overawed either by the occasion as well. It's because the semi-finals are one thing, because that's a lot of like, you, you've nothing to lose, but, but you get that mental, you know, that you're going into a final. And, but the final is, there's a whole ceremony, you know, the, the build-up to it, the, the publicity, the, the interviews, the walking into the ground, you know, from, from the yeah. start when you get off the coach and walk into that stadium, it, everyone knows it's on, it's showtime. You've got, yeah. you know, <laughs> for them, for them, people they're not used to, the, the Foxtel uh, or the, the Paramount team coming in and interviewing, and then you've got the cameras, you've got the, the national anthem beforehand, the, a full Ooh. stadium, you know, just all of that pomp and pageantry beforehand to to get to a final, you know, you, you've got somebody there singing the national anthem. It's a it's a huge huge thing, which you know, to a degree, Macarthur probably more used to. But you know, it can it can work for you. It can work against you. Yeah, look, there's, there's like you said earlier, there's a few boys there with you know a lot of experience. You know, been in the A League, some yep. have been overseas. Um, you know, and and we said like on the weekend, like go out. Enjoy the moment, like you know. It, it, enjoy the crowd. You know, everyone's behind you. But when that whistle goes, like, don't play the moment. Like now, you're playing football. Um, switch on and, and and do the job, basically. Play the game, not the you know, occasion. You can, you yeah, get, yeah. You can get wrapped up in that occasion and moment, and that's where you can get in trouble. Yeah, it's something I've always been able to do as as a player was when once that whistle went and and the game starts playing, the rest of the world ceases to exist and those outside influences, whether it's crowd noise, even sometimes the coach's voice, are just blanked out as you you just 100%. in that bubble of playing, you know, that's, and that's where you want to be in the zone. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and you know, as, as coaches, you know, like a, a player can be two meters away from me and you can be, you know, yelling your head off and. It's nothing. It's like it's not registering. Yeah, you know they're in a zone. So I just think it's because they just don't listen to me. I don't think they're in a zone when I'm coaching. (laughs) They're just just not listening to me. And the fact he's got a really annoying voice. That's true. Gets very high pitched when I get excited. (laughs) Yeah, but but I think you know. We said before, I think everybody that's not a MacArthur fan will be a, a Sydney United fan for the day. Um, even other teams in your league, you know, Wollongong, Sydney Olympic, all of them are just going to be cheering you on because you re- you represent every non-A-League player in this country. Yeah, yeah look, I, I hope they do get behind us because, yeah, like we're not only playing for ourselves, we're playing for everyone else out of, out of that A-League and, um, and everyone else that doesn't support uh, MacArthur this there's a lot of people like messaging me from A League Club like wishing us all the best. And yeah. So yeah, look, it's we're the underdog and you know, we're happy to have that tag. So um, and hopefully we can do everyone proud and, and you know, we're gonna give it our best shot. And I know the boys are gonna leave everything on the park. That's, there's no doubting that. Oh, mate, look, if nothing else, you've already etched your names into history. Um, you know, first club, first coach, first players, all of those things, all bridges that have been crossed. Um, only one final one for you to tick off, and that's to be the, the first A-League club to, or non-A-League club to win the FA Cup final. Um, you're more than capable of doing it on your day. And, and I think, you know, the, the rest of Australia is backing you. Absolutely.
no, we appreciate that. And like I said, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna definitely give it our all and yeah. Hopefully there is a fairy tale ending. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, even us boys from Perth Glory who tr- traditionally hate Sydney sides, yeah. uh, we're behind you 110%, mate. So uh, I really hope you do it. No, cheers, guys. Really appreciate your support over there. No, all the best, all the Miro. Best. Absolutely. Okay, then, guys. Thanks again cheers. for the chat. No, thank you. See ya. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. Miro, I won't attempt to butcher his name again, <laughs> but from Sydney United's perspective, what a dream. You know, they're the little club that dared to dream. They've gone out there, they've battered the big boys. And, it, and by it, the it, way, what a goal to seal it as well. Oh, look, a stunning goal. If he's, if he's meant that flick, that's, yeah. that's an exceptional assist. Oh, but not just that, the volley as well. It was, yeah. it was, it was on the run volley, and, right, you know, that was, that was yeah, we did that. Just saw the clip of that oh, well, while we're over there, and I thought that's, that's the way to get into a final. Yeah. Oh, no, look, and... You can't lose the importance of the fact that this is a non-A-League side in the final. It's what the, the FA wanted from day one. Yes, the, you, t- you talk about coming off a full season in, and playing teams that are on a pre-season. Um, that's an advantage that was deliberately built in. The, the draw is deliberately <coughs> built to favour those sides. But this is a, this is a good thing because now, next year... all those non-A-League teams that go in will have a belief that they can get to the final and hopefully that they could win it. No, it's. it's, I think, yes, I said to the boys, um, even during the week, you know, when you're playing against sides, there's no no harm acknowledging that that on paper the other team is better than you. And and it's, it's about then having that belief and that knowledge and that understanding to then go, right, what do we do? To beat them, you know, it's like you know when people play Man City, they, you know, if it's, you know, anywhere from. But, but the Norwich. cups, the cups in the UK, you've got teams like Wimbledon who weren't expected to do anything that fed into that magic, you know, Aldershot, Altrincham. There's there's all those teams. Um, my home team or home club was um, Southend United, and in the um, League Cup beat Manchester United 1-0. That was a Manchester United team that had Wayne Rooney and Ronaldo in it and, and fast Freddie Eastwood scored the winner. 100% record against Man United. That, that confidence of, yeah. of you know... But you, like I, say, you I got, love a you, cup game. You've got to acknowledge it because you, you can't go out and play against stronger sides the same way you play against everyone else. But no. it's then managing that and then... But having that belief to go out there. And I think, as you said, once, once you see one team, it just gives that little bit of, you know what? Nothing, nothing to fear here, you know. No, exactly, exactly. And then you know, we tie back to the the um, state schoolboys comp. You know, it seems like you you were able to channel some of that because against all the odds, and and you were against the odds, playing sixteen year olds against eighteen year olds, um, they've represented the state well. Oh, look, the, look, I said the, the boys were the boys were. Um, as I said before, I can't I can't praise the lads enough, and I said especially in that last game, they, um, you know, regardless of the result at the end, they they gave gave their absolute all. And I think that was the, I think that was probably broke me a little bit. I broke the boys because they were yeah. devastated. Even though it was a weird feeling, it was it was like we're not, you know, it wasn't about, you know, when you lose like one nil in the last minute. Yeah. You know, we weren't winning, we weren't drawing. It was, but, but no, that 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 situation of we're having a say where this this title's going to go, and it was, I mean, I was broken from it, and and I think it was just they did give everything. They had nothing yeah. left in the tank, and they gave everything against a so, superior so team. On that perspective, and we we talk about the emphasis on winning games, but as a, a development coach, which 
you are as a junior coach, a development coach. Do you think those kids have come out of that competition better players than they went into it? Oh, just during the week. So, so just purely on that alone, Not it's massively. been massive success. The, oh. the results at the end don't don't matter. No. The decisions made by and, the referees the, or other no. people don't matter. What matters is these kids have gone into a tournament and and over a, a period of a week, they've they've made a massive learning curve come true and that was really really hard that was that that finished like that it was i mean i was broken like i said i had a bit of an angry outburst and i had to sit i couldn't say anything because I, I i didn't want what i've I seen said. you like that once or twice tc uh, rarely rarely yeah. rarely ever happens but i didn't want to say anything to focus on what happened in the game or anything like that because i didn't want it to impact so i had to sit down uh, wayne Bazin, who did the girls coach uh, the girls and we'll, we'll talk about them as yeah. well because we definitely have to talk about them um after what they achieved you know, he sort of, you know, he put the arm around the shoulder a little because I was, I was like I said, I was, I was, it broke me a little bit, and um, and the boys were hurting as well, and you know, to then go had, go in the change room, I had to be a bigger person and 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 put my own pain aside a little bit and my frustration of maybe a couple little things that yeah, again because they're mainly because they're tired, they're they're running on empty, um, but I, t- I said to him, look, look, this is you know. This is what the, the happens. In, this is this is the game, and this is, you know, the, the exposure that you're getting. And uh, and look, these th- this happens, and there's no question about your effort and attitude. Yes, you need to go and learn to do it better, and that's the key thing you got to take away. But I, the last thing I said was, you know, I love telling stories on the bench. Yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> or for, unfortunately for a lot of the uh, players there, who, well, they were all on the bench at some stage, so they heard some. Many, many stories, mainly about my wonderful goals I've scored in the past. But um, I sort of said, you know, the, the, the game's all about memories. And, and I said, you know, I highlighted um, a guy who played for Calamundi. He was 72. His name just escapes me. I think it's yeah. And he retired at 72. Yes. And, you know, I use a sort of phrase. It's not, it's not winning and losing that I'm in fear of. It's not having the opportunity to be involved anymore as a player or as a coach. That's my biggest fear of the game, not yeah. being involved as much. And, it, and I said, even this loss right now that is biting into me, mm-hmm. I'd rather have this than not have it. And yeah. I said, but the one memory, the other thing when you play is the memories you take away. And the biggest memory I'm going to take away that's going to last with me forever is that South Australia game. And mm. I've got the video clip and I'm going to keep that video because... Yeah. It was just exhilarating football, and I said, "That's that. Take that way. Take away the things you gotta, you gotta learn from. But at the same time, leave on that. Remember that. Don't forget about what happened today. In a sense of the feeling, remember that that moment, and, and when you at a nationals, yeah, were phenomenal. And I think one of the things we don't do too well in this game, and I think you know, I won't, we won't discuss the NPL structure and what it does. But different I, but, day. But I, yeah, <laughs> but I think that you know. Part of the coach's job is not just about that technical football ability or winning games or or even developing a whole person. The biggest thing a coach can leave a player with is a love of the game. Ah. Because if you you love it, then you'll keep playing it. Look, I'm... I'm on the wrong side of 60 and I'm playing walking football because I love the game. Um, And I can't run a competitive level anymore. But playing walking football, I can still compete, I can still have that banter, and I still have the love for the game. And I see 14, 15, or even younger guys who fail on on an NPL trial, who have fallen out of love with the game. And that there's, there's pressure put on kids 
to to perform and to win games that takes away from the love of the game. And I played in, in sides that lost lots and lots and lots of games. If I had one team I played for, we didn't win a game in two years. But when we did, boy, did we celebrate. And and we did that because we loved the game. Well, I, I often say, you know, when when I, I didn't play for a while due to numerous, numerous injuries, that just was... Yeah. And I thought I'd focus a bit more on coaching a little bit more. Um, and I didn't start playing again until, what, 2013, 14? Yeah. Uh, with the marvellous Linwood Vets team. And that, yeah... If, if you're playing for the love of the game, that's a perfect example of some of the football you see where we play. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I said, you know, people often ask me, do you, you know, when I was coaching, I said this to the boys, do you, do you miss it? You know, and I said, yeah, the coaching's great. It's a great replacement. But it, 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 it does not replace playing. It no. It doesn't replace it. And, and, and you, but that's you know, one of the reasons I'm on this side of a microphone because I love the game. Yeah. And does it replace play? No, I'd much rather yeah. be playing. I still have dreams of getting a call that you're in the national team. You know, I'm 60, so crazy. But it's, it's and I said, you know, that's, it's, uh, the main thing I said, look, I want to see you playing, you know, when you're set my age. I want to yeah. see you playing. I said, you know, I had to, I said, Al's getting married in, in a year's time. He's 30. So his playing days are over for at least, you know, at least for the next 10 years, you know, um, unless he, you know, st- you know, to no, his wife, that's a good you've, thing. You've, he keeps got, you've got to, I mean, the thing is that when she married him, she married the whole person. Exactly. The whole person is football. No, and I, I can remember as a 19 year old, um, and I had a young child at the time, and my wife said to me, um, you're not going out and playing football today, are you? I said, that's exactly what I'm doing. And she had to make a choice. And, and to be fair, she's backed me 100%, 110%. And not only has she been to most of the games I've played, she's, she's dragged along the kids and the kids love it. And, you know, we're, we're all oh, still exactly. involved in one way or another. I mean, I, I played at home, so I'm just annoying enough that, that uh, Sarah is really happy when I'm out playing and coaching. Yeah. So I'm not... <laughs> I'm not but, but the thing is, though, that when you come home... You're you're the happier for it, even oh, even yeah. after this this week. And yeah, okay, you grumble a bit. You you may give the, the dog a tap or two, but you know, um, overall, you're happy. Uh, you're it, contented, and, and that contentment has been driven by your involvement in football. No, it, it 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 absolutely does. It's it's you know there was a little bit hard getting sleep last night, and that that last few moments, and and and, and, and feeling of my what I could have done and stuff like that, but. You know, I'm going to look back on, and you know, and, and every every one of those players should, um, but also you know, not just the boys, but the the girls. Um, yep. You know, um, well, some of them young ladies actually, because uh, you know they're uh, you know they're, they're under it's an under nineteen age group, not under sixteen. Yeah. The boys, but they, um, yeah, they were they were they, they look to, their situation was really tough because they lost for a variety of reasons. Um, some not game going back to that development side of it and, and encouraging players yeah. or discouraging players from playing in the school girls competition. Uh, and before, by the way, before we carry on, the Joey's coach was there for two or three days. Yes. And the young Matilda's coach was there for the whole week. Yeah. So those players who thought, oh, I'm not going to go. And, and from what I heard... They've not put themselves in the shop heard, She's only going to be at the NTC for two, two days, from what I heard. Yeah. From what I heard for the anti-challenge. Yeah. So, you know... They don't realise this. This is a little bit short. Don't knock back opportunities. If you go out, yeah. if you go out and play well, especially if you play well against New South Wales individually, yeah, and you you know tear their fullback apart or anything like that, or stop their main striker, you, 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 there's a few little or even, or even as a goalkeeper, as you a goalkeeper, know? yeah, absolutely. So look, the girls had a tough because um, there was a. They lost quite a few players leading up to it that was supposed to be going, and they had injuries, and so I think there was one replacement. Like two days before, yeah, which is a big, big, big ask. Yeah. Um, 
So look, they went out. Um, I didn't get to see a huge amount of the games because obviously the boys weren't. Uh, we all were playing just after them, um, and also we had our preparation. But I did try and see as much when I was down there, and um, they played great football and great attitude. And they got three girls um, into the um, into the national squad for the for the state to the state school. Uh, yeah. Sorry, the national school girls squad. Um, Could have been more though. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go, I'm not going to yeah. go there. Not going to go. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'll just say in yeah. my first one when Liam Boland is the top goal scorer, and, and the second and third place still combined don't get there, and he doesn't make the national school squad. Then yeah, it's a, you know it doesn't matter as much as I love the the, the school schoolboys competition and schoolgirls competition. There's still issues. Yeah. Um, but look, I'm not going to get into that now. But look, because I want to stay positive with the girls. Um, so they played um, ACT, absolute cracking start, eight nil. No, I keep getting this wrong. 7-0, yeah. 7-0. Yeah. And I got told off when I said it was 6, and as soon as I got the parents you know, on Facebook saying, no, no, 7, <laughs> don't take your goal off. Um, so they won 6-0, and just yeah, magnificent performance. Um, 7. Then it was 7. <laughs> keep doing it, I don't know why. Um, and then it was uh, Victoria, and I saw a little bit at the start, and they were on top just for a fit, but they did get a bit lucky with the one free kick, um, and then they went up 1-0, and this was the game that cost them the silver because they they pulled it back to one one yeah. and they just couldn't get that goal. So, uh, but again undefeated, and then South Australia, yeah, they're absolute donk, and they just yeah walked over them really. Um, in Queensland, two nil down. Um, I literally just rocked up. I heard the one nil down. Rocked up for our boys. Yeah. Um, and sort of you know when we get the, we've done all the tactics, so the boys are in there, so I went to watch a little bit, and some of the boys went because they didn't need get changed that quick we had a fair bit of time so they were watching it and just literally as we walked up bang 2-1 and then it's like the last next next 15 minutes and we had some of the boys sort of hanging around we're supposed to be going into the yeah. change room and eventually it was like six I said right boys you've got to go and get changed we've got yeah. our game in you know you've got to go and get changed and they were going in there and the girls were pushing 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 and great character and it didn't look like it was going to happen um, and they were wasting time and so on and uh they got a corner in the last second. Ball came in. Uh, looked like the keeper got it. Mad, mad scramble. And just a bit, you know, toe poke sort of yeah. over the looping ball in the corner. And, and it was scenes. And our boys just came from nowhere, all cheering <laughs> on the side. Al's running up running up and down the pitch with one hand in the air. Yeah. And, um, and that guaranteed them the medal. And potentially, potentially, any, any medal for the yes. next day. Um, and it was great to see as well when they came in, all the boys lined up in the tunnel yeah. and gave them a, a you know a, a round support. of applause standing, right. standing ovation as well which to be fair the girls did to us yes when we came out against New South Wales yeah um, so that was you know great to see that the camaraderie oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely yeah so unfortunately um, uh, Queensland got a result that just put them one point ahead so they had to draw beat New South Wales and um, they were just too strong yeah. um, they got 3-0 up and only team to score against them. So they lost 3-1 and the yeah. only team to score against um, New South Wales. You've got to take some, so from, to take that. some yeah. from that. Yeah. And look, yeah. they, were, they were fantastic. The girls were absolutely amazing. Like I said, I didn't see a lot of their games just purely because of um, timing and so on. But um, yeah, Wayne, Wayne um, uh, Grant and the, uh, the two Jamies. Yeah. Um, he's got a big entourage of coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, good on him. I think it's, it's important that we do it. I, I think, you know, the... the 
you know, we, we are di- disenfranchised from the rest of the country. It's very difficult with the tyranny of distance to get the level of competition in games that we do. But it's great to hear that, you know, coaches like yourselves and, and the players are more than capable of mixing it when they get to that level and, and that you've done the state proud. Oh, look, it's been brilliant. And look, I think, you know, it, it, we do need to have a, a bit of a longer conversation, maybe on another day, yeah. about, about why, we're, you know, why are we not taking this as seriously as, as an opportunity as Absolutely, we should. Absolutely, we should. And, you know, it's... And, and, and supporting them. You know, we had players playing a game on the Wednesday when we were leaving on the Saturday. And, yeah. you know, just a little niggle, a little tightness... That, that could be the whole week. Look, all you need is, is somebody with a two-footer and then all of a sudden your star player's not available. Um, yeah, it happens. And it's, and it's not, it's not. It's a cruel game. I'm, look, I, but the thing is, I'm not, I'm not there, I'm not getting paid for this. No. And I'm not, and, and it's not through a me story, because so, yeah, I love doing yeah. it and, um, and I'm passionate about the junior, junior development and, and players progressing. Um, it's not about me getting medals because <laughs> otherwise, um, I've got, you know, I've got a very, you know, sort of uh, my trophies cabinet's a bit bare with state yeah. state team things, you know, with only with only the one. Um, to me, it's just just giving these guys an opportunity and seeing yeah. them flourish when they flourish, and that you're all flourished at some point. Absolutely, and um, and that that's what it's about. All right, mate. On that, we'll go to a break. Uh, we're back with Phil Kelly. We'll talk about this joint venture. I've never heard this one. Hey, hey, it's Footsie <laughs> WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432-745-140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. We rise and come together to be a part of a greater goal. This is ours to embrace, to celebrate and rejoice. We invite you and welcome the world. Welcome. 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 FIFA Women's World Cup Canada 2015 is coming to TSN and CTV. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. All right. Um, now we we'll get to the, the last part of the, sh- the show and we'll talk to Phil Kelly, who is the president of Ashfield, or should I say Ashwood. Um, he's announced a joint venture between himself, or between the two clubs, Linwood and Ashfield. Uh, good morning, Phil. How are you? Good morning, Sean. Good morning, TC. I probably should correct you there because I'm actually uh, just a board member of Ashwood, officially. Yeah, yes, <laughs> um, yes, you are. <laughs> I'm interested to hear about but this Ashford project, there, Phil. I'm interested to hear yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, TC, you might, you might, you might want to hear about this today. Uh, <laughs> um, but obviously, I'll yeah, remain the president of Ashford. So I suppose, look, for, and, um, just talking about the, the the stuff over the the weekend, it's good to see a bit a whole lot of banter going on in a number of areas on the internet about things. But there was yeah. um, questions about mergers, and obviously. Ashfield's had a history of mergers, um, Bunbury, Forestfield, um, to mention two. But, you know, this is this is not a merger. This is a joint venture. And I suppose it's, it's interesting to know the difference between the two. Yeah, look, it's, it's, you know, it's what's in a name, right? And that's the big thing here. Um, and Ashfield's been associated with various mergers and demergers in the past. Um, 
what Ashwood is about is about combining the resources and capabilities of two um, well-established, long, long-time clubs um, to, you know, ultimately, probably, you know, in the future, um, perhaps explore the idea of creating a new entity um, later on. But um, in the meantime, the, the, the two clubs will exist, will create this new entity um, in a very similar vein um, to what Fremantle City has done, what Kingsley Westside has done, um, and um, the two clubs will exist effectively you know, in their own rights to their own constitution, um, but with a combined uh, strategic direction. I think it's probably about the, the best summary I could give you. Yeah, so as you mentioned, we've got a couple of, of joint ventures that are running quite successfully. Kingsley Westside was one. Um, the Fremantle United is is another. Um, and I suppose that the thing is, when you look at it from a club perspective, the three most important things in, in any agreement is what's in it for us, what's in it for us, and what's in it for us. So what is it is in it for Ashfield and what's in it for Linwood? Well, it's actually the, what's in it for both clubs is, is actually a line. So, um, what we what both clubs want to create is a junior development pathway, um, but one that isn't just focused on the elite end. It, it combines the community right the way through from mini roo equal footing ball right up the way through to state league and NPL football or academy football. If you want to talk, if you want to take. It in that direction as well. But what it effectively does is it allows us to combine all of those philosophies and strategies in two key locations. Yeah. And combine combine the resources and capabilities of both clubs. And from a, a governance perspective, um, as far as league tables and everything goes, it would be Linwood and Ashfield in in a competition, a competition basis. Um, and then un, unless you enter a new entity under the Ashwood Banner, or um, I do hope at some point you change the name, but it may be a, a completely Fantastic different... $12,000 in marketing got us that name, you know? Only if you're Kevin Ashwood. I know. <laughs> I know, there's a lot, a lot of money invested in that name. I did say we should have gone with Ashwood Brook. I did say that. You did, you did. No, but well, Linfield would have, got, would have got a lot of interest. Yeah, it's, yeah in two different years, well, yes, yes. <laughs> But let's talk about the name for a second. Yeah. The name is just an idea, right? So it's just a merging of two clubs. And to be honest, the Limwood United and Ashwood Sports Club joint venture is a bit of a mouthful. Um, so Ashwood is what it is. And at this point in time, will teams be Ashwood United or Ashwood FC? Maybe that'll be up to um, the boards and members of both clubs in the future, right? And maybe we'll come up with a with a with a more sexy name, more palatable to people, and doesn't upset people online. Um, but maybe, maybe Ashwood will remain. Um, yeah. Who knows? No, it's good. And, and from a from a Linwood perspective, do we do we have someone from Linwood that gives an opinion, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I believe I'm the other board member at the minute, aren't I, Phil? For Ashwood. <laughs> Formally, yeah, I think that's the case. So. Yeah. Look. Um, just going to say, Linwood. Linwood has produced some fantastic players. Mm. If you look at in under, if you look at from under thirteens up to under fifteens at the minute, um, there's a lot of very very good ex Linwood players out there yeah. that left. You know, you know, the late mini roo stages or left thirteens, fourteens. Um, 
some some very 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 good players. You know, we've got an excellent group of year twelve. Uh, sorry, year twelve under twelve that we hope will stay and be part of this. Um, we don't know. Um, we know a few clubs of a few MPL clubs have uh, tried to tap them up. Hmm. Literally saying, "Come and bring your team over," which I do kind of wonder. What happened to their under-12s, if you're looking to take the whole team over? Yeah, talk to talk to mum about what happened to them a while ago yes. when NPL first started. Yeah, yeah there's that one. Look, the, the, I, I really, this is the one part about NPL I really hate. And I think, you know, taking a whole team, just so they can keep their NPL status, it's not about that team. It's just about, here's a vulnerable side, we can pull them out and make it ours. Sean, I'm going to cut in. I can't cut yeah. in there. Yeah. This is, this, is, this is what Ashwood is about. Ashwood is about breaking this this loyal system that we have in place at the moment. And we don't care what any clubs are doing. Okay? That's a matter of fact, right? Yeah. Our t- Ashford teams will play at the highest possible level we can get those teams in. And we don't care less what NPL clubs are doing. They can sit there and they can hold their trials in the year. They can poach whole teams from other clubs to meet their requirements. We don't care about any of that. But what we're going to do is we're going to create a culture and a community between these two clubs and then this new entity and other clubs can come in as well it's not a closed shop right so if other clubs want to join um, in this joint venture they can and we are going to break the system and it's about creating loyalty it's about creating culture it's about not holding trials but it's, around yeah. every year so that you can check out your players it's about it's, and I think you know. I mean, one of the things we will be looking at in the future is whatever this new system is with the after the NPL and so forth, and whether we we go into that, and because we do want to give it the highest possible. But if if we were to if the NPL was to, was to continue, I mean, one of our views was you know we would go into it. I even know how much we say, but because of the fact that we want to give our players the opportunity, but our aim is always to do it better. You yeah, know, not not with the costs associated, not with not you know, and not worry about the prestige, not worry about not doing trials. If you're in, if you're in under 13s, you're in under 14s, 15s, 16s, unless yeah. you choose to leave that. Time. So I mean, and that's that's what as Phil, you know, Phil said about giving players um, the best opportunity and the culture. And and Linwood's done that quite well with juniors, but we have lost it. And I, and I get it because that's that's what you've been fed. Mm. That that's what you need to do. We also have had a lot of loyal players who've stayed. Um, you know, we've had a, c- a couple of boys who, who came from Limwood 15s last year, and um, and they were ready to move on, um, ready for the next challenge. And a few of them stayed at 16s, and, and they may well come through um, next year, depending depending on how how they go. Um, but you know, they went to Asheville, and we were, that's where we were sort of talking about, and. Um, and and they and they flourished in the in the eighteens at Ashfield. And not only that, we had a link with our sixteens at Linwood this year. And out of there we had I think five boys step up to play eighteens where they wouldn't have had that. Mm. You know? And it's been a great exposure for them. Some of them that I never thought they would have been ready for. Because they're they already playing up a year in under sixteens, and then yeah. they stepped up and and they held their own really but, well. But there's something you've done well. I remember when you were coaching eighteens at, at Ashfield, um, you had a fourteen year old that we had to get permission to play, and you said, oh, "Look, I only expect him to do half a dozen games." He ended up playing every game that season, and <laughs> very very talented boy. Um, but you know. That's that's the strength of the having the the 18s to go into, and if mm. it didn't work out for me, he always could have gone back and played 16s. And that's, that that'll be the approach, yeah. you know. It, and I, th- I think it's been if we didn't have Limwood attached to yeah. Ashfield, we did have a bit of an injury crisis um, at Ashfield uh, for the 18s and so forth. And and 
those players were, were a big were a big impact. Yeah, and they did, like I said, did really really well. And I think and it's great for their confidence. It's great for their confidence, and it and you know going back to that question about you know loyalty and not just not not loyalty. I'm not going to put I'm going to put loyalty aside a little bit, but just more about that a sense of belonging, being part of something, and you know pushing that forward. And I think you know one of the things we'll be talking about with the with this Ashwood project is is linking up with our juniors and maybe getting them to you know getting them down to Saturday games and just getting them involved with doing little things like that and. and Building that culture that they would have never had. Yeah. That senior side of it. We had amateurs. Yeah. Um, but that's always a hard sell to juniors to go and play amateurs, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. But I think also if you if you look at it, kids know where they sit within the system and they know who the better kids are. And if they can still play for Linwood as a group of, of boys at 17, 18, 19, but in an amateur setup, then they'll do that. And the boys that are better will step out yeah. and play at a higher level. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we want, you know, the average Joe Blow like you and me playing in the veterans teams and, and preferably having played for that team as a, as a child, as an adult and then as a veteran and, and, and then going through a walking football. But even if they leave, you know, yeah. Linwood's got a history of players who, who go but often come back and play for them again. Yeah. So that's fine. That's yeah. all right. Because they, they've loved it when they were there. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. Your your thoughts, Phil? Yeah, look, I go back on to that, you know, and TC's right, it isn't just about loyalty, but it's about the club showing loyalty, is what yeah. I guess the point yeah. I'm making. Absolutely. That, right, so, and that's where it starts, right? So we're not going to be the type of club that come September, October, it's like, thanks, guys, great year, right, new trials, and everyone can work for their spot again. And this is something that's... You know, bed, embedded deep. We won't be looking for new players. Yeah. Unless you need to replace them. And players will move on. Players will move on to better opportunities at better clubs. And they should do that. And we should always encourage that. But what we're not looking to do is to wholesale change players. But, but they didn't, did they? I mean, you, you go back to when you were playing as a junior, you stayed at the one club. You weren't, despite people trying to coax you away to Bayswater or somewhere else, you stayed at the one club. That one club had teams that were playing in Division 1 or Premier League of the under-14s, 15s, 16s. Um, some of those boys went on to represent state sides. Some of them ended up playing in the, in the Premier League. But, you know, th- the point is that they, they were all at one club for significant amounts of time and at no time did the club hold trials and go, look, I'm sorry, Phil, you, you're probably our best centre-half, but we're, we're doing a trial just in case there's a better one. It, it, it doesn't... As a, as, a, as, a, as a junior, I don't ever remember participating in trials. I remember participating in district trials. Yeah, me, yeah, me neither. It was always, rep- it was always representative. Right? Yeah. But I never... And, I, and club trials didn't exist. Yeah. Right? It just didn't happen. And, and, and that's what we... That's the philosophy we want at Ashwood, and we want to bring that back. And that's why I mean about breaking the system. Yeah. Of, you know, let's, re- let's refresh all of our junior teams every year because we want the best, because we have to have the best, or because we must meet compliance requirements. Well, look, you know, for example, just with my own 14s, uh, who, by the way, in final in the in the final tomorrow, Metro oh, one. Luck. So, um, yeah, quite excited with that. I don't know how much energy I've got, but I'll <laughs> have to try and find it somewhere. But I, I said to the uh, boys, because we got a lot of them playing up a year, that. No one, everyone is, yeah. was, is part of it next year. And I said, the only, only slight change is, depending on, because we, 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 don't, we don't have a current under-13s, for example. We've got a lot of under-13s. Mm. We, might, we might split the team across two teams to, yeah. make, to make a, a strong entity as one and, and have that 
group yeah. sort of supporting each other as one. Or we, we go in as, as our just noble team, but no one is being replaced if we stay together as a group, and no one will be replaced if we have players who want to come and play for this new entity yeah. to, f- to fill in the gaps. Because to me, it's all about in players coming in, they're there to fill the gaps of players who leave, um, you know, from the previous year. That, that's to me when, when new players come in. That's that's what we're looking at, um, but as I said to my 14s, no, no one, no one is being cut. Doesn't matter who comes no. in. This is what it is. All right, Phil. Uh, last word before we close down. Um, anything around the joint venture? Uh, no, you got me on the you got me on the head there, and I was just thinking more about what TC. Yeah, saying. no, look, I think what TC is saying is the message, though. It's it's about the the JV is around the club's loyalty back to its members, yeah. and and breeding, yeah. you know, a three sixty feedback on on loyalty because it does go both ways. And I think a club that sends out the message that look, you're all on notice, and if you don't if you don't perform in the trial, you're out isn't is a very yeah. negative message. And I think you know. The, the thing about keeping players on, it, it breeds that loyalty. And then if you've got someone who was a 14-year-old playing for your club who's now a 35-year-old and playing in your vets, um, that's the ideal situation. Look, there's two... Well, that, 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 that's the definition of success, yeah. to be honest with you. There's two, there's to have people still involved in your game, in your club, for that long is absolutely the pinnacle of success. And just going back to it, at the end of the day, this is... This is, this is uh, when, when the clubs were given the job to be the, um, the elite arm... Yeah, that's when it to me that's that's not right. Junior clubs are there for the p- one purpose, and that's to provide a service for them to play football. Yeah, districts and st- state teams. That's for the elite. Yeah, and at the end, it of the, comes yeah. back to what we said before: teach them to love the game first and foremost. And look, uh, I, I, I was about to say, I've got my final thought now. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> but there's two there's two words that I never heard when I was when I was growing up in, in football when I was playing for Canning and stuff, and we we were we were Premier League. Side and, and, yeah. and winning and winning cups. Never heard the word tr- trial. Never heard the word development. No one said no. development, and I use it over too much as well. It was you played. Yeah. Yes, development is there, but junior football is really number one. Just playing football. That's All right, Phil. Is. Thank you very much for being on and, and clarifying some of those points around the JV. Um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll speak to you again in the near future. Of course, anytime, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Phil Kelly from Ashfield. Tony, thank you very much for, for being on the show and for the last week with the State School Boys. You've no. done a fantastic job. No, it's been, it was a great week and it's a pleasure to come on. I hope I haven't turned too many listeners off. <laughs> All right, this has been the World Football Programme. My name's Sean Kelly. Hugh Best is back on next week and Len will be on with the Jazz Show very shortly. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.